Hi everyone, welcome to the Skill of Happiness with your host Kristen. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm all about creating a community of curious and open people that loves to learn, grow and become the best version of themselves. I am so excited to share my first ever episode with you. Thank you for being here. I hope you have subscribed, rated and reviewed. It would mean so much to me. I wanted this podcast to be personal by inviting people I look up to and having heart-to-heart conversations with. My guest today is mindset and confidence coach Brianne Burke. Every time I talk to her, I walk away a little wiser, and today was no exception. We spent our time talking about dealing with doubt, growing your potential, and of course, what happiness is. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. And one of the things you learn from this discussion is why this is the skill of happiness. In the conversation, I tried to explain my definition of happiness, but it's a little messy, so I'll just try to explain it to you now. I believe that happiness isn't just about euphoria and laughter. I believe that happiness has to do with acceptance and openness to the possibilities in life. If you want to be happy, start with the mind. Take a look at your life and practice gratitude. What in your life are you grateful for? Yesterday is gone, tomorrow is yet to come. All you have is now, so let's make the best out of it. Rather than focusing on what you don't have, what's missing from your life, shift your focus to what you do have and what's in your control. You can control your mind, how you view yourself, and where your attention goes. Once you start looking for things you can control, what you're grateful for, and what makes your life so magical, you will see more of that. If you label a situation as bad and finite, there's not much you can do to change. View every situation as potential and know that there's always something good in every experience. Sometimes we just have to look a little closer. If you do find yourself in a bad situation, great, You have the chance to learn and to grow, and to make it good. The Skill of Happiness is a project in self-discovery and growth. The main reason why I made this podcast is to create magic by having heart-to-heart conversations. So now, let's dig in to the first episode. Hello, welcome to The Skill of Happiness. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am also super excited and I'm so grateful that you wanted to join me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because I I feel like we we have only had one conversation before, but uh, I feel like we have like short ones <laughs> and they're always good. So um, I'm sure this one is going to be a great one too. A hundred percent. I am always down to talk about anything self-development and obviously supporting women in any possible way I can. And I always love receiving all of your messages in our, in my DMs on Instagram and letting me know where you're at and like all of your celebratory wins and stuff. So I'm excited to have this conversation as well. Thank you. So I I figured a good way to start or a good starting point is to ask you about what your definition of happiness is because as i call this podcast the skill of happiness what i believe happiness is is like um i believe it's a skill and you can and it's 
a process and it's also a calm process it's not like stressing it can be meditation and i think you can own it you don't get it nobody will give it to you you have to take it you know yeah firstly i love um i love the name of your podcast scale of happiness i think that's so unique i know i told you that before we even jumped on the recording but i absolutely love it and it's such an interesting concept because as we know every single human being the whole purpose behind any of their decision making like whether that's to change jobs to make a certain amount of money to have a certain relationship to be friends with a certain people that is all with the intention of them feeling joy and happiness to some degree that is the reason why human beings do the things that they do that that's the reason why they behave the way that they do in hopes that they will feel joy and happiness to some degree so oftentimes where we fall off or derail from this is a lot of people are constantly looking at the destination versus actually enjoying the journey of happiness because mm. happiness is a singular kind of emotion that has all these little like olive branches attached to it, right? The feeling of like solid self-worth and fulfillment and deservingness and calm as you spoke to, right? That's obviously a part of it. And it can look like many different shapes and sizes. There's not one degree that really highlights happiness. And although happiness is always the goal, right? With all of our decision makings and I, of course, you and myself, we always want to be happy, but that is unrealistic. So mm. when I started to really take a deep dive and learning about this and doing my own research, realizing that it's okay not to be happy. And if anything, happiness, along with all other emotions are really important in a part of the human being experience, because happiness, although we strive for that, and that is how we want to feel sadness and anger and grief are all very potent and important emotions that we experience and we need to be open to the whole spectrum of human beings emotions and not one is actually more important than the other it's just that we strive for happiness because it makes us feel good right it makes mm. us feel all warm and fuzzy so this is something that i've learned with happiness and there are definitely tools and techniques and lifestyle adjustments and different habits and behaviors that you can implement in your daily life to better support you in being proactive in feeling and maintaining the emotion of happiness while also being open to other things coming your way, to feeling other emotions. Because when you are closed off to feeling anything other than happiness, it can actually create some form of resistance and repel you from really reaching that goal of joy. Yeah. So that's my long-winded answer <laughs> of what I think happiness is. <laughs> 100%. It's so important to feel the opposite of happiness because if you don't then there like you can't have happiness without being sad or angry. You need both both sides of the what do you call it, like spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Everybody you need contrast just like light and darkness, right? With happiness you need to know anger and grief and sadness that's how we even know what happiness feels like it's because we've experienced the other side of the spectrum so it's really important on your pursuit and really honing in and mastering your skill of working towards your happiness right and doing mm. those things proactively to feel happy every day 
that you are open into receiving ultimately whatever life throws at you instead of being so resistant to it. Yeah. So obviously you, you know a lot about this. This is not the first time you're reflecting on what happiness is or any of that. Um, and I'm curious, when did that, when did it start? When did your journey start in your interest in uh, self-improvement and emotions and like your journey in self-development? Yeah, it, um, it started a while ago. So dating back like several years ago, I would say it started, to be honest, when I first went on my exchange in university. So this would have been third year university, I think the year of about 2015, 2016. I went mm-hmm. to Sweden, so close by to you, actually. Yeah. So I went there and at the time, um, I was like early 20s, I was like 20 or 21. So social media was obviously very present, like Instagram and Facebook, um, were used then in like different like messaging apps and things like this. However, it wasn't as heightened or highlighted as it is today. So now I feel as though when you go away or you leave like your hometown or your loved ones, you are very, very much connected. Hmm. However, at that time I was leaving from my home in Niagara Falls, Canada. So pretty small. And I was going to Sweden, not knowing a single person, obviously didn't know the language, didn't really, wasn't familiar very much with Europe, hadn't traveled a lot on my own, and also was going to a local university. So I hadn't yet had that experience of living on like a local resident, like, sorry, a residence at the university. So ultimately I hadn't lived away from home yet. That's what Mm. I'm getting at. So I go to Sweden and that was like, I don't know what it was. It was a compound effect. It was really realizing that I'm very internally resourced and that I am capable of really dictating how I choose to present myself and my behavior and also really highlighting things that I want to be reflecting on, on how I was perceived back home. Just a lot of inner work started to come up. So I started to journal. My girlfriend, one of my best girlfriends, she got me a journal um, before I left. And I always enjoyed writing. That was something that was identified at a very young age. But Mm. I just started to journal and reflect. And I traveled around a lot. Like I hardly ever went to class. (laughs) I never went to to class. And I just honestly traveled around Europe, met a ton of people, constantly lived out of my comfort zone. From there, I extended my travels. I was in Europe for about, or Sweden for about five, six months. Mm. And then um, instead of, coming home, I went directly to South America and bounced around there for three months and like hiked Machu Picchu and did all these (laughs) crazy excursions and things that were very, very out of my comfort zone, just living out of a backpack essentially. And I learned a lot about myself within that. I honestly came home a quite a different person, like Mm. very different. And then I finished my last year of university and I didn't even go to my university graduation. I booked a flight, went to Dubai, was there for a few months, then did Southeast Asia for like five, six months, and then lived in Australia for a year. Might I add, I told my parents I was leaving for nine months and didn't come back for two years. (laughs) So in that, in that you could imagine all of the different experience I had and the, the ways I would notice I would connect to different people and kind of what my vibe was. And 
I'm very, it's something I really learned about myself was that I am like presented and I think known to be very extroverted. Like I'm quite hyper and I'm chatty and I enjoy talking to strangers, but I am introverted in a sense where I notice I need my alone time. The way Mm -hmm. I like fill myself up is I need my alone time. I need my alone time to reflect. Um, I need my alone time to go inward and kind of check in on how I'm doing. And I noticed I craved that while I was away. And I would just, although I was broke, very, very broke at this time, (laughs) I would immerse myself in little things. Like I did this like very interesting yoga retreat in Northern Thailand. And I would just like start to join in like a standard Byron Bay in Australia, the, um, the local community, like really immersed in like spirituality and things like this. So not full on, like nothing was full on it, but it was just like, slowly bit by bit learning so much about myself and just starting to kind of see how life is different like maybe the way that I was raised isn't necessarily how I choose moving forward to look out on the world this is not necessarily how I choose to lead my life so I started to make these little shifts kind of unknowingly Mm. I just started to expand my comfort zone I started to expand my knowledge and started to expand my awareness So then coming home two years later, I came home and the feeling when I came home was just almost shock, almost like an out of body experience because I came home and it was like nothing had changed. (laughs) My friends were all getting married and um, they were getting married, buying houses. I didn't know what I was doing for work. I was so broke. I started working at a gym. And then also at that time, I came home and I ended a seven year relationship. Oh, he was lovely. But obviously, that was very sudden. I just decided like, nope, this isn't for me. Um, And that was a massive change in my life, obviously. Mm. And coming home and then learning to be on my own and learning what I wanted to do for a career. So I started and this is where it really all took off. That was like, the free part but then it really took off when I started to work at the gym of course but I also started to work at a nightclub Mm -hmm. um, to save up money to pay for a yoga teaching certification so I saved up five thousand dollars cash Canadian over the summer of 2017 Mm -hmm. to be able to go to this yoga teacher training now, might I add, yoga was something that when I came home, it helped me get through things. And it's so interesting because everyone's like, oh, of course you're a yogi. Of course you teach yoga. But no, when I first, <laughs> when I first did yoga, I hated it. I hated it. I was like, what the hell is this? It's not competitive. It's so slow. Yeah. What's with these breathing techniques? Like, so I learned a ton about that. And I went to this training with the, with not having the intention to teach at all. I just needed, I just knew I needed something like drastic. I needed to go like balls to the wall, like super into it and just really do a detox to see where I'm at. Cause I felt so conflicted and confused. And I just felt like I was stuck in this cycle. And it honestly just made me want to like get up and travel again. But I knew at the root of it, that was me honestly wanting to try and run away from Mm. how I was feeling. And then just as suspected, I went to this yoga teacher training, came out a different person. It was like a two week intensive, insane training, like total isolation, like on this little retreat. And you don't Mm. see any of the outside world for like two weeks, very, very strict. And 
from there, I just started to slowly make shifts. Like I always knew being an empath, I always felt things super deeply and I picked on, picked up on people's energetic feelings. And like, I just started to harness these skills that I naturally had that I felt like not a lot of people resonated with. And I kind of discovered the realm of coaching and Mm. I just, from there on out, I'm just like, I know I am meant to be a confidence and mindset leader coach for women. Like I just knew, and I just didn't know how I would get there. So honestly, since that date, I've just been making little tweaks along the way and taking inspired action and putting myself in a position where I'm able to spread light to others. And while I'm doing that, I'm also still learning. I'm still like really immersing myself in different mentorships and leaderships and retreats and things like this. So I can show up fully resourced for my clients and for other people as much as I possibly can with the intention of just spreading love, light and awareness. So it's been a long time in the making and the process will, there's no necessary destination, but -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at now where I'm running my my own coaching business. So uh, would you say that you are living your dharma? That what you're doing now is your purpose in life? Or what yes. do you, what would you say your purpose in life is? Yes, no, that's 100% my purpose. I, yeah. I like I I've never it's so funny because I feel as though people it's interesting like example you and I like mm-hmm. because you you are very much into self-development, right? Like clearly you have a passion for this as well. And this is something along the purpose of obviously what you're wanting to do, right? Like putting yourself out there and starting this podcast. It's so beautiful and the world needs it. But it's so funny because like when it's your own immediate people, like your family and your friends, I'm like, guys, I know you don't get what I'm doing, but trust me, you will get it in time like you will get what i'm doing and i feel as though i'm finally kind of at the turning point not quite not quite around the end but getting there where people like my people are starting to understand like this is what you're doing it makes sense i get why people are attracted to you and want to work with you and look to you like i get it you're so right it just it's just us for some it's so out of the norm And I tell them, I was like, I know you don't fully get what I'm doing and that's okay. And some, maybe you never will, but I have never felt like I have ever been so two feet in like 110% in on doing something than I am right now. And, and also when you do that, you, you get energy from it instead of just using energy all the time. If you're at the wrong uh, track you will maybe it will look people from the outside will be like oh yeah that's you you have a good job and it looks good and then but you're not getting any any energy from it so it's just like a lot of work but when you find what you're supposed to do you just get like endless amount of energy because you're so motivated and it's like it has a bigger purpose yes that is so nail on the head um it does it feels like it has a bigger purpose than me it I feel as though I'm at a point where I'm like I am doing the world a disservice by not sharing the skills that I have that's how that's honestly how I feel because all I want to do is just impact as many people as possible Mm -hmm. um and a lot of my priorities have shifted 
you are so right about the energy aspect. Um, I'm definitely fueled by energy and it keeps me very motivated. But with that being said, when it's really, I don't know if attached is the right word, but connected to your purpose, it also requires a level of self-awareness and self-connection and self-confidence that maybe a job that you're not necessarily so fulfilled in doesn't require of you. So it's really interesting because there's this, there's this buzzword and concept, particularly online and social media right now that people are like, oh, you got to live your best life, be a digital nomad, be a millionaire. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, how are you doing this? Like, I don't get it. Quit your corporate job. But the thing is, it, when you're working a job that you're not necessarily fulfilled with, it could be easier at times because it doesn't require such a deep rooted connection to yourself. Whereas doing work like this, it is, you are right. It is constantly energized with me getting something from it as much as I'm giving, but it also requires a lot of inner work. Mm -hmm. So it is not linear at all. It's a lot of like self check-ins, a lot of pep talks, a lot of like me really asking myself, like, okay, why is this coming up for me? So in some ways it's harder, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you mentioned doing the work. Uh, I think it was, uh, from one of your stories that you posted the book reading, doing the work, uh, by Dr. Nicole something. LaPera. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I want to read that book. And um, when you read books like that, you also, uh, you, you always are get pushed out of your comfort zone because the like the first layer of your personality is like, no, I'm not doing this. And then, but deeper inside of you, you're like, but I know that I want to do this, even though it's painful, just like right now mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i really like like yeah that book and other books like when you get information about how your how you can heal your traumas and how you can make something that you thought were like broken you can like fix it and make it a strength and use it instead of just hiding it yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. When you start to do that and work a lot comes up for you, but it can be really challenging because it may, it requires you to look back and really channel previous traumatic emotions and memories that don't feel good, right? It takes a lot of self-awareness and it takes a lot of ruthless accountability for you to take accountability in your life when you're so used to leading with ego and placing blame on others and yeah. placing blame on external circumstances like that take, that requires a lot of people because we've been programmed to do that right to just lead with ego and shield ourselves and not be vulnerable and place blame and not really acknowledge like our part in it so it's not it's sticky and it's messy and it can be challenging but <laughs> the reward is beautiful and you become so much more self-aware and expansive and you can lead by example ultimately in the end yeah but i'm sure you still have some like as you say you you know you're on the right path but people may not totally get what you're doing 
And I'm wondering, how do you handle situations or periods in your life where you experience doubt or negative thoughts? Um, yeah, so that happens probably way more frequently than people realize. <laughs> um, but the thing is, it's just when you are, when you learn the tools and techniques required and that are very supportive during that time, then you're ultimately able to coach yourself through. So my, for example, like in my um, signature program, CMA, Confident Mindset Accelerator, I don't ever say that to clients up front because it doesn't necessarily land, resonate, or make sense. But ultimately, like I am going to teach you to coach yourself through life because mm. that is because that is what it is. Because ultimately, if I'm just like teaching you and you're not implementing or you're not making the shifts while we work together within the container, like the changes and transformation isn't going to actually happen. And ultimately, I want to set you for accept, um, set you up for success, sorry, outside of the program. So what I'm doing within that coaching container is teaching them how to coach themselves throughout life. And that requires a lot of work within that. And so those are the tools and techniques that I know how to do. So it's not like bad days don't happen. It's not like shit doesn't come up. It's not like I'm faced, like I'm obviously faced with challenges all the time on the daily with in different, different levels and different capacities. But I just because of the work that I do am able to turn it around that much faster. And I'm able to respond in a way nine out of 10 times, not perfect, not a 10 mm -hmm. out of 10. Um, nine out of 10 times in a way that I am proud of versus a way that I feel guilty and angry about. So I'm much more responsive versus reactive. So although the situation is so crappy, although the other person might not feel good at the end of it, maybe I won't feel good at the end of it. I just know now that I can respond and I can work through it that much faster because life is always going to happen. It's not like you do all this work and then life is so blissful. That's not it. You learn to coach yourself through life. But do you do you like take a like a mental break? Do you breathe or do you have anything like questions you ask yourself or how do you get like out of the situation or how do you make it faster, as you say? Um, okay, so there's like a few like tangible tools that for those listening that can take with them. Mm -hmm. um, of course, obviously, one way, hmm, I was going to say meditation, but okay, I just want to give like a tip with meditation. <laughs> this is a very proactive tool, and it doesn't come easy for people. And I recognize that as a coach. So when people just throw around, you should meditate, I recognize how it's a lot more difficult than people mm. kind of give preface to but with meditation is a proactive tool. So you actually want to be using it in times where times are good and things like this. So that way you're actually, you have a calmer nervous system when challenging times do come up. So that's just something about meditation. I go, firstly, I take a breath. Hmm. Um, and when a challenging situation comes up, there's a thing that you can do called pause in pleasure. So take, say for example, your boyfriend says something that pisses you off, okay? This is a very relatable example. <laughs> Yeah. Say he says something that pisses you off. Pause. The old you would turn around and be like, what the heck? Blah, 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 blah. Right? So this is how you respond now. You pause, take a breath, and note in your mind what's one pleasure that's happening in this conversation. 
A, that he's sharing how he feels. B, he Mm -hmm. feels comfortable enough to be honest with me. C, I'm observing that he is also hurting. So first you can pause in pleasure. So that's one technique that you could use like literally in an immediate situation, like super simple and super surface. Next is I always remove myself from a situation. Um, I like go on a quick walk um, before I make the phone call, before I send the text. I never act on anything immediately, almost ever now. Like before Mm. I used to when I was younger, but I would like, I never immediately react on anything. I very much take the tone as previously said in responding versus reacting because reacting is very much like, you're reacting to your external reality and you're triggered by something. And usually it's irrational, but when you're responding, you've done enough reflection to be able to respond to the circumstance. So another perspective that I want you to take in a situation like this, for example, is really to ask yourself, are you responding to this specific situation or are you responding to something that has previously triggered you. For example, you failed a class when you were younger. So Mm. you've always had a little bit of insecurities maybe around your like IQ level or like your level of intelligence, right? This is something that you have an insecurity about. Mm. And then somebody says a joke being like, oh my gosh, Kristen, like you're like, you're having a blonde moment or something. I'm like making this up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So say someone says, oh, and, that, and that tweaks you because you have an insecurity about yeah. your intelligence, but they don't know that. So that's a perfect example of, are you responding to that actual situation or are you responding to an internal trauma challenge and insecurity that you haven't worked through? Mm. So pause and pleasure is a good one. Taking a break, never responding or reacting to something right away. So that's the second one. The third one is asking yourself if you're actually responding to the situation or if it's something else. I would say the fourth one, my go-to is always journaling. Like it doesn't need to make sense. It can be as vulgar as you want. I tell people when I'm, when you almost have like shame around what you're thinking or what you're feeling, which a lot of people don't talk about, which is absolutely fine that you feel that way. And you're like in fear of someone finding your notes. Like I've had a client say this to me before, tear Mm. it up, burn it, throw it out, but write it out. So it empties your mind. Cause if not, your mind is just going to keep spinning. Mm. So those would be like my four tips that I probably go to like quite regularly. Yeah. I, I use some of those tools myself and journaling is, it feels so good because it's like emptying your brain and <laughs> you it's out of your head and then you might like still remember what it was but it's not as intense as it was like 10 minutes ago exactly. or an hour ago depending on how long it takes um and also the just to pause and reflect is it the situation that's happening right now or is it something else but also what, like, cause sometimes I realize that it's not the situation that's happening right now, but it's triggering something. But what I find confusing or frustrating is that I'm still feeling it. It's like, I don't want to react this big to this, your, your silly comment. I don't want to have this reaction, you know? 
So mm -hmm. what, <laughs> what should I do then? <laughs> that is, you got to look at that. Like it's an opportunity and mm -hmm. essentially your alarm going off saying like, Kristen, you haven't done the work. Like you need to do work around this. So leave like surface and table that situation, especially if you know, from even a logical perspective that this is not a big deal example yeah. like that comment like your friend wasn't wanting to hurt you like it was just in passing it was a joke it was banter mm. like their intentions are good and you're not and you know that you're taking it personally obviously it depends on the situation a little bit but like for example something like that that is where you need to go back and journal out saying why do i did why does this bug me and then you write mm -hmm. it out then ask why again and then why again and then get to the root and yeah. you need because you need to reflect and think back to why that is an issue for you and where was the root cause of that so where did that insecurity start so of course it's still going to stick with you because as much as you might have the logical understanding like okay i am reacting to a previous feeling not to the current circumstance so that's the first part of it but the second part is then you taking the time to work on that yeah mm. yeah doing the work and then i guess when you find the root uh then you will then you have awareness around it and it will be it will not have as much power anymore it's like um I don't know if this is a good or bad example, but if you believe that there are monsters under your bed and if you just look under your bed, you know that, okay, it's empty. There's nothing under my bed. And same with, with traumas and bad experiences. If you just don't, if you never look, it can, uh, you can believe that it's bigger than it actually is. But if you, if you are brave enough to actually like, look under the bed, <laughs> find out what your trauma or what is the root cause, then you might notice that it's not such, it's not as bad as you thought it would be. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but I got a couple of more questions for you. I wanted to ask you also, um, who is the most influential person in your life and what did they teach you? That is a very good question. I would say the most influential person in my life, in all honesty, is yes, there's a lot of leaders and mentors that I look to that I'm inspired by. And I really appreciate how they run their business and often authenticity and integrity is very important to me, particularly like, from a business perspective and how I show up. But I would say the most influential is probably my mother. Mm -hmm. She is, um, she's like kind of my go-to for everything. She was very immersed in my life, still is um, as an adult. What is really, she's an empath like me. So she's really sensitive and understanding and just is a light always. And she just wears her heart on her sleeve and always has some wisdom to shed on any given topic. And she's a very good listener. She's very good at holding space and just being there. And that's something that I think was really embedded in me growing up, like learning to really be there for people 
and just hold space for people in time of hurt and the way she just like steps up to care for other people is like on there's so many different things within our family and different um experiences and circumstances where to me I'm like you're just a superwoman. I don't understand. <laughs> so I would say she probably is the most influential mm. and uh yeah and continues to be till today. What about her is it that makes her a good listener? Um uh, kind of you as mentioned. I said she she knows how to hold space. Like she knows how to listen without the intention of responding. She mm. provides feedback when it's requested, but she can also just sit there and be kind of a sounding board. Yeah. And she also just lets me work through things as I explain them and and try to rationalize them and try to release them. She just knows how to hold space for that, which is something that every single person needs to work on. Yeah. Because Ultimately, at the end of the day, every single person just wants to feel heard and they want to be understood. But we are so used to thinking about ourselves that when people are speaking, we are constantly just thinking, what are we going to respond? What what are we going to sound like? What are they going to think of my response? When reflecting back on things, we're constantly thinking, what did I say? Or mm. how do what do they think of me? Like we are never thinking about other people and just holding space for them and allowing them to process the emotions and feelings that they're actually feeling within that given moment. So this is like a skilled practice that I think everybody needs to work on and that she's really good at. Mm. Yeah, I find it interesting how so many people always ask themselves, um, did they like me? And then if that's the only thing you care about, it's going to it's going to make your life miserable because you're not going to, not everybody's going to like you. And what's most important is that you like yourself and it will, we will have so much better conversations if we actually listen to the other person instead of trying to like be smart or figure out something funny, uh, to respond because, uh, yeah, it's not a competition. It's uh, it's just life. It's just sharing moments together. Exactly. And yeah, so obviously I follow you on Instagram and um, I know that you've shared some posts about how you um, you do investments in yourself. And I want to ask you what what is one of your best investments you've ever made? And it can be, it can be money, it can be time or relationships or whatever. Um, also very good question. I honestly, the very first thing that comes to mind is my yoga teacher training because it was so intense and I was working at a bar, which I hated to save up to do it. And I don't even know why I felt called to do it. I just knew I did. Um, and everything that I got out of it and it really, really propelled me forward into my self-development journey, like really made me shed a lot of layers and made me be vulnerable in front of people. It made me actually be comfortable with people being vulnerable in front of me, which wasn't something that I was always open to. 
Mm -hmm. Um, it used to make me uncomfortable or I'd feel bad. And now again, I can just hold space and just be with people while they work through very traumatic circumstances. And it just put me very much in a leadership role, Mm. like getting up in front of people and leading with the best intention and just holding space for a lot of people that are just there to work on themselves and be seen and be heard and do what feels good to them. And a lot comes up on a yoga mat. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that's probably, it was two weeks um, intensive. As I said, obviously we stayed on the actual little retreat resort type thing. And that was probably the biggest like turning point in best investment. I've made a ton of great investments since, but that was, that's the main one that sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had not done that, you would not probably have done the rest of them either. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing. And I want to be respectful of your time because I know you, you don't have that much time left. Uh, so I only have one more questions, question for you. And that is, what advice would you give to people listening right now who feel inspired but are not sure what to do next? This sounds like so many people I speak with, which is so common and normal. So if you are one, um, essentially what Kristen just asked, know that you are not alone. It's it's predominantly the majority of the uh, population. (laughs) So I would say, oof. Take messy action. Take messy action is the first thing. Things what do is not that? Need- messy. messy action is ultimately really understanding first the concept that ready is not a feeling. It is mm. a decision. People are constantly waiting till they feel ready, till they feel ready to show up online, till they feel ready to go to the yoga studio, to feel ready um, or skilled enough to apply to that job, to feel ready, to feel confident enough to put their pitch forward at work, whatever it may be. People are constantly waiting for a feeling, but the thing is ready is a decision. And when you make that decision, you then can take messy action, meaning it does not need to be perfect. You do not need to know everything. You do not need to be an expert. It is really important to be open and accepting of failing forward try things and getting back up like the difference between like a student and a master a master is a student that tried one more time that's ultimately Mm. what a master is it's having the grit and the resilience and this can be very challenging at this day and age is because we are so used to and immune to the fact of instant gratification and instant satisfaction we want everything so immediately so the second we don't get it people give up that is why like The give up rate is just so exponentially high. And then people stay stuck in this cycle because they're not seeing the results that they want. But you need to take messy action and also trust the process. Trust the process that every single day, if you start to do the work every single day, nothing drastic, nothing extreme, but to be 1% better every day. So if that means drink a little bit more water, You don't need to get a gym membership. Maybe you commit to doing a 30 minute walk outside every day. You cut down your social media time by 30 minutes. Okay. Like very minimal like steps. It doesn't need to be so extreme. People think I need the best 
Lululemon clothes and I need X amount of money and then I'll go to this elite gym. You don't need all that. I know that would be great. That would feel great, but you do not need all of that. One day you aren't just going to wake up confident with a growth mindset and you're going to be successful. People think that they're like, oh, when I'm 35, I'm going to have this, 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 and this. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works. You need to be doing the little work every single day, taking messy action, making a decision to start today. Very small. You don't need a new year's resolution. You don't need the first Monday of the month to start. You can start today. Hmm. Something that you can implement today. The last thing. So I would say that's the fourth point is to invest in yourself before, like, again, before you feel ready, because I just know from experience of working with clients, it's usually at a point of like, they're burnt out and they feel like they have no other option and they just don't know where to start and they don't know what to do. The thing Mm. is, if you start to invest in yourself before that, it's like being proactive to give yourself the equipment, the skills, the tools to set yourself up for success moving forward. So you can actually work through those tricky times, work through those challenging times, and you know how to do it. So many people come to me and they're like, I just don't know where to start. Mm. Yeah, it's like, sorry, sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's like, uh, if you're gonna compete in the Olympics, you don't start two days ahead, you you spend years for this one competition. So you need to like start early and then build up, you're not gonna make it like in two days. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I would say that would be my like final point on that is invest now like if you are investing yourself now in a way that feels really good to you whether that's working with like a coach like myself or you start your own journaling practice or you go you commit to going to a um a specific yoga studio something like that whatever feels good to you it's really important to invest in yourself now not when you like have enough money not when you do this that's the thing like when I did my yoga teacher training, I took on another job to make cash in order to pay for that. As I said, I was broke. I was like mm. the brokest I've ever been, but I invested myself in $5,000 because in that's kind of propelled me forward. So mm. people have all this feeling like, oh, I need to hold on to money. I need to hold on to this. I need to hold on to this before taking that step forward. But it's actually about you get further on when you invest in yourself now. Yeah. And so you've mentioned your program a couple of times during our conversation and i was wondering for people who are curious is it possible to to do your program or would you mind telling a bit more about it yeah so my program cma confident mindset accelerator is a 90-day program um curated specifically for millennial women looking to really let go of their past like fall in love with themselves again to gain an unshakable mindset of confidence. So that's really, really what it's focusing on. And you do this over a 12 week period, you will first be supported with education. So you actually go through five video modules focusing on shift, released, rewire, receive and alignment. And throughout that you will be implementing. So this is a massive thing that was lacking, I feel like in the coaching realm 
because people would get all this information, but it's about implementing it, as I said, like in Mm. real time. So I've created specific homework pieces along the way where you will be implementing it to make those real time changes. And then the third piece of it is support. So you would meet with me once a week for one hour. So that's 12 hours of coaching. Plus you have unlimited access to me via Voxer 24 seven with the guarantee, like 48 hour turnaround time. And the reason why I added that in is because you get so much out of your one-to-one coaching. I know this based on working with like coaches myself, Mm. but life comes up, things Mm. come up. Like you have questions, concerns, you have resistance around implementing some of the homework. You have a win that you want to share. You have a certain situation or circumstance come up and you want feedback on it. That is the reason why I created this additional supportive communication channel. So that is something that I add into my program. Um, It always is first come first serve. So it depends on the capacity and what I have at that time. And if you're interested at all, you can message me on Instagram at Brianne Burke, B-R-E-A-N-N-E-B-U-R-K-E. Or you could go to my website, www.briannburke.com slash CMA. And it will kind of highlight all the details there. If I'm at full capacity at the time, then you can join the wait list where you'll be contacted first thing when a spot opens up. So if that's of any interest to you, of course, reach out and I can give you all of the details. Awesome. Thank you. Um... I'm sure a lot of people would want to do that. So just remember what what you just said before that take massive action instead of just think about everything for way too long and then you think your way out of what you were you could have done like 2 weeks ago. But instead we just sit and think. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for all of your insights and stories. I truly appreciate it and it's been great. It has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Isn't she just wonderful? I had such a good time and I hope you did as well. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, do something that makes you happy. Okay? Bye.